Turn to your neighbor and ask him, why are you so angry? Huh? Why are you so angry? <laughs> we, uh, so I, I grew up in a family where I was the youngest of six kids. Uh, anybody else here youngest in your family? Yeah. Uh, so I don't even need to tell you this. You already know it. But what we know as the youngest is that when, when, when our parents had us, they were like, finally. You know, we did it. It's good. We're good to go. So they hit us and they hit perfection. And then they, anyway, so... Um, Youngest of six, you guys, uh, we have, my, my mom had six kids in eight years, and all really tight in age, and uh, there was a lot of cage fighting going on in my house. I don't know about you, but we fought. We got angry. My sister, the closest to me, is a year and a day older than me, and her and I, it was like no holds barred, out of control. We, uh, one time she made me so angry I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. She made me so angry one time, and even before I tell you what I did, I, I had to think about what she did to make me that angry, and I don't know, because there's so many things that she did. Like I've shared with you before, this is the sister that called the cops on me and my friends. I mean, who does that? Now, did we have it coming? Possibly. But anyway, she wore blood. You don't do that. She called the cops. Another time, I had the, uh, the family station wagon reserved for me that night to go on a date, right? Because what girl doesn't want to get picked up in a station wagon? You know what I'm saying? So I had it reserved, and my sister took the keys, took the car out for that night with her friends. Left me station wagonless, left me hopeless and dateless, right? So I don't know if it was that, but regardless of what it was, I was so mad at her, you guys, one time. I was so angry that I chased her in our house. I chased her from downstairs up the stairs, she runs into her bedroom, she locks the door, and, I, and our doors were flimsy, like hollow, just cheap, so I, I mean, I was, wanted to punch a hole right through it, and I thought, I can't do that, I can't do that, so I turned around, and I just punched the wall, punch a hole right through the wall instead, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm angry, my mom's gonna get home, she's gonna be angry, but I was just seething, you ever been that angry? You don't need to raise your hands, I see a lot of people like, yep, yep, just when I was driving here, you know, somebody coming, anyway, so I'm glad you're here, uh, we get angry. We get ticked off. Uh, anybody here struggle with road rage? Come on, I've seen you, I've seen you drive in the parking lot. I, I've shared with you my struggles driving on the road, right? You finally pass somebody that's driving so slow, and you know the rule is when you finally pass them, you, the rule is you gotta look and turn at them as you're passing them, and you gotta do, you gotta do this, you gotta be like, you know, you gotta give them that look. So that's just a rule, I'm just helping you out. Road rage, maybe, maybe it's a sporting event that your kids are at. Are you that parent? going ballistic at the middle school soccer game. I mean, you're the reason the refs want to pack a gun, okay? That's you. Uh, so we get angry, we get upset, we live in such a culture of, of people getting ticked off. Two weeks ago, I'm walking out of Target in Papillion, Nebraska, and I, 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 I walked onto a scene that I couldn't believe. I, I missed the beginning, so I don't know how it all happened, but I walk out, and this guy, a customer, is yelling at this woman. She's in a car right in front of the, right in front of the entryway. And the, there's the, you know, the cart boy that has all the carts lined up. Well, those carts are kind of lined up. And, and I don't know if he blocked it or she was mad and couldn't get her. I don't know what happened. But she was parked right by the carts. This guy is going off on this woman in the car. She's going back at him, back and forth. I mean, bleep to bleep. I mean, I was learning all kinds of new words. I was like, dang. I, I had to look up at the sign, and I thought I was at Walmart for a second. I'm like, this ain't Walmart. This is Target. You don't know what happened here. It happened. Out of control. So, and, and don't even get me started on the freak show that we call social media, because that's a whole nother topic when it comes to anger. Here, here's the thing. 
We're in a series, like if you're new to Meadows, like Rachel said, welcome home, we're glad you're here. We're in a series called Flip the Script. And today, God is going to flip the script on those of us that our anger can get out of control. Um, anger is an emotion. It's not bad. You're all going to deal with it, and so will I. And even after this message is done, you're still going to deal with anger because, again, it's a natural emotion. The key is how you handle it, how you react to it, right? We always say, and you'll hear this a lot in Meadows Church, never let your emotions lead you. If you let your emotions lead you, you will never live your purpose, ever. And so many people let their uncontrolled anger lead them. See, if we can get real straight up, that's why, that's why some of you, your marriages are in, in, in such bad shape. Or your marriage is, is on the verge of being ruined because of uncontrolled anger. Maybe a relationship in your house or, or at work is fractured because of your anger. You, you're not, you're, you're not going to take a next step in whatever God has for you because of your anger. But here's the good news. Say good news. You're going to hear a lot of that today. Here's the good news. Today, God is going to move us from anger to love. That's what he's going to do. Today, we're moving from anger to love. God's going to show you how to do this. So you never have to react the way that maybe you've reacted in the past ever again. This is how good God is. I'm going to preach to you out of, uh, actually, I'll ask you a question. Do you know when anger first showed up on the scene ever? The, oh, the first time we ever hear the word angry or someone got angry, it's, of course, in the word of God way back in the beginning. I know what you're thinking. It's probably when Adam, you know, left the toilet seat down and Eve got angry. That's not it. She did. It probably happened, but that's not it. Here, here's what it was. It was Adam and Eve's kids. It was siblings. Go figure, right? So this is when anger first shows up ever, ever. And I'm going to read it to you. It's found in Genesis 4. If you got a Bible, you got a mobile app, gosh, man, I want to give you a Bible if you don't have one. So a guest services. Um, I'm going to, Genesis 4, this is the very beginning. And Adam and Eve, the first people that ever walked the earth, had a, a, a child. The first ch child that was ever born in the world, right? Because Adam and Eve weren't born, they were, they were created. But, but Cain was the first child born. And right behind Cain was Abel. And this is the story uh, of the origins of anger. And this is going to minister to you, I promise. So Genesis 4 First book of the Bible literally means in the beginning is what Genesis means. Chapter or verse two. When they grew up, these brothers, Cain and Abel, Abel, he became a shepherd, right? Cain, his older brother, cultivated the ground. So you got Cain, he's a, a farmer, and 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 uh, Abel, right? He's a, a shepherd taking care of the animals. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. That's huge. We've talked about that before. He gave some of his crops to the Lord. This is an offering to God. Abel also brought a gift to the Lord. What did he bring? The best. Actually, he brought the first and the best. It says he brought the best portions, the first fruits, the firstborn lamb of his flock. So, so Abel brings his first and his best. I mean, it, it, but Cain, what did he bring? Some. Something that he, came, that he brought to God. And what, is the, what does it say? The Lord accepted Abel's gift because it was his first and his best. He accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very what? And there it is. The first time you will ever hear about anger. And Cain isn't bad right now. Cain hasn't sinned yet. He's angry. He looks dejected, which means he looks angry, right? So the Lord steps in and speaks. Why are you so angry? 
pause for a second. I think that's what God is asking us right now. He's asking you watching or listening online right now. He's asking you in the room right now. Literally, when you blew up, when you lost it, when you went crazy, why? Why are you so angry? Cain, why are you so angry, the Lord asked him. Why do you look so dejected? You'll be accepted if you do what is right. In other words, Cain, there's still hope. You're just feeling an emotion. It's an emotion that I created to help you, actually. It's supposed to help, not hurt. But if you don't handle it right, it will hurt. So you can still be accepted, Cain, if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. Hmm. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. That's what uncontrolled anger does. It controls you. But you must subdue it and be its master. It shouldn't control you. You should control it. As soon as I read that this week, it made me think of what Paul wrote in the New Testament. Paul wrote about anger multiple times. One of them that that hit me is the way that Moses is writing. uh, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, if you don't know. So Moses wrote this, and when he said eager to control you, it hit me. Because Ephesians in the New Testament, uh, Paul wrote it, uh, this book, and he says, don't let, sin, don't let sin, what am I saying? And don't sin by letting anger control you. So he says this, uh, uses the same formula again. Don't let the sun go down while you're so angry. For anger, Paul writes this, gives a foothold to the devil. So you are, you are letting the devil into your life. You are letting the devil into your marriage, into your relationships, when anger starts to take over and goes from a righteous anger, which there is, to an unrighteous anger. I'm telling you this. When you, when, when you give the devil a foothold, soon he'll turn it into a stronghold. He will. And what started as an emotion in the moment becomes a habit that you can no longer control. That's what happens. That's what happens. Why are you so angry? You know, as I, as I kept asking that question this week, why are you so angry? I thought, why was Cain so angry? Here's the answer. Cain thought someone owed him something. For, for a lot of our anger, that's, what, that's why. We think someone owes us. Not all the time, but much of the time, someone owes me. Like, you're always late. I can't stand it. I keep telling you, be on time. You owe me an explanation. You want to borrow money again? Are you kidding me? You haven't paid me back the last... You owe me money. Oh, uh, you hurt me. Uh, I, I, and you hurt me over and over, and you do it deliberately. You owe me an apology. You owe me. You know, you know what Cain thought he, someone owed him? God, you owe me. You owe me acceptance. You need to accept this, God. You owe me that. You gave it to Abel. You owe it to me. So anger many times says, you owe me. So I'm going to pause there for a second with Genesis... And I'm going to take you into a teaching from Jesus. Before I do, I'm going to ask a question, show of hands. Disclaimer, most hands won't go up, right? But I say that, but this is Metal's Church, so I never know what I'm going to get. Um, but, I'm, but I'm asking, how many here, by show of hands, you've ever um, murdered somebody? Okay? Okay, thank God. I, I'm always scared. I'm like, someone's going to raise, I just know it, Meadows Church. If you're watching online and you put the hand raise emoji in there, just, just keep watching online for now until you work out your issues, okay? Seriously, I don't, I'm just, yeah, I, and that sounds crazy to even ask that question. But here's the thing. What if you actually have? What, what, if, what if you've done something just like murder? That's what Jesus says when it comes to anger. It's insane. Jesus, you talk about flipping the script. Listen to what Jesus says. We go to the Sermon on the Mount. We, we started there last week. And this is many of the statements that Jesus is saying, talking about how we're supposed to live differently. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 21, 
You've heard that our our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, Jesus, I say, if you are even angry with someone, you're subject to to judgment. Jesus teaches that that anger in the heart is the same as murder with the hands. That's crazy. Right now, someone's thinking, well, dang, if that's the case, if I get mad at somebody, might as well just kill them, right? No, that's wrong thinking, right? Even though Jesus likens it to the same thing, our judicial system still handles it a little differently. So don't go there. Jesus continues. Now Jesus is really going to call you and I out. I I hope you're ready. Here he goes. Jesus says, and if you... If you call someone an idiot, now you've never done that, right? I want to say, Jesus, what if I just think it? You know, anyway, so if you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Oh my gosh, we're in danger, right? We've been guilty of some of these things. And Jesus, I want to ask Jesus, why why are you throwing down so hard here? Why are you talking about murder and anger being the same thing? And talking about if we curse someone, we're in danger of the fires of hell. Why? Here's what Jesus knows. Jesus knows that anger left unchecked, it always leads to death. It always does. And I'll show you that. Actually, we'll go back to Cain and Abel to, to look at that. Because their story's not over. It's just beginning. Remember where we left it? Cain's ticked. Cain is ticked, you know what? You accepted his offering, but you're not accepting mine. And God's like, Cain, you still got a chance to back out. You still got, you haven't sinned yet, Cain. But, but if, you, if you let it, if you give it a foothold, it'll turn into a stronghold. Well, what happens next? One day, Cain suggested to his brother, hey, let's, say, let's go out to the fields. And while they're out in the field, Cain attacked his brother, much like my sister would attack me. Only, this got a little more serious, he killed him. Cain kills Abel. Anger left unchecked leads to death. And I'm not just talking about a physical killing. It will kill your marriage. It will kill your relationship with your children. It will kill your chances in your career to ever advance because you can't control your anger in the office. It will kill your purpose. We talk about purpose a lot at Meadows Church. It killed, Saul, or it killed uh, Cain's. You remember Cain's main uh, career? Remember what it was, the offering? Remember what he did? Cain was a what? He was a farmer. So Cain lived off the land. One act of anger that started in his heart, that turned to murder through his hands, look what it does. After this murder, the Lord asked Cain, hey Cain, where's your brother? Where's Abel? Cain's like, no, come on, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? He's kind of going off on God. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord already knew, of course, what happened. What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And now you're cursed. Now you are cursed. Uncontrolled anger has cursed you. It's cursed your calling and it's cursed your future. You're banished from the very ground that you you were called to make a living from. You're banished from the very purpose that I created you for. The, The ground that swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, Cain, ever. It'll never work for you anymore. No matter how hard you work, from now on, you'll be a homeless wanderer of the earth. So, so in this fit of anger and rage, it wipes out the purpose for Cain. He has no hope. Uncontrolled anger destroys God's purpose for your life. Fact. It does. When you're angry, so, so when we are angry, because we're going to experience it, what do we do? 
I mean, the first thing we do is stop. Say stop. You got to stop, right? The, the Bible says pause. The Bible says be slow to get angry. We have to stop and really ask ourselves, God, God why am I so mad? Why am I so angry? Who, who do I think owes me? Like, like, what's going on right now? Because, because many times, and you already, know what I'm, you already know this, many times the person or the object you're angry at isn't even the root cause. How many times do you know that? Well, look at Cain and Abel. So, so Abel dies? What did, what did Abel do? He didn't do anything to Cain. He did nothing to him. He didn't, all he did was give a righteous offering to God. That's it. So, so, so you're directing your anger at, at Abel, and he did nothing wrong. So you're going after him, but he, he isn't the issue, is it? You're hurting, aren't you, Cain? You're hurting because God didn't accept your offering. You're really mad at God. And if you really want to pull back the layers, Cain's mad at himself. He's mad at himself because he knows God is supposed to get the first. He knows God is supposed to get the best. So now it's deflected to his brother, and he pays the price. Because why? Cain is hurting. And you know something? Hurting people, what happens? They hurt people, don't they? Hurting people hurt people. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't give you a pass. I'm just telling you, hurting people hurt people. Cain, or Abel, died because his brother was hurting over something else. And it, and it, I mean, this is why I tell people, when you're mad at somebody, really ask yourself, are you mad at them? Are, are you mad at your boss? Or, or is it the fact that you're upset that you never had a father figure growing up? And it's coming out that way. Are, are, are you mad at her? Or are you really mad at the fact that, you know what? You've been wanting to have kids and it hasn't happened for you yet. Are, are, are you mad at your mom? Or is it more like you're mad because, you know what, your friends, they're all planning their weddings for the summer and they're changing their relationship status from single to engaged. But your relationship status is the same. Your relationship status is this. It's like, I made dinner for two and I ate both, right? That's it. So you're upset. You're mad, but what really is it? When I, when I was in my drug addiction, I was angry a lot because people were getting in the way. People were getting in the way of what I wanted. I didn't want it, what the addiction wanted, deep down. So I'm angry. I'm angry with family. I'm angry with friends, but they weren't the problem. You know what the problem was? The addiction that was killing me. If you want to pull back the layers. Some of you, you've been hurt by people, and actually... They're the ones you are mad at. It's, it's not like it goes to somebody else and it was really them. You're kicked at them. They've hurt you. They've done something wrong to you. And you're mad and you're holding it and you're harboring it. And what they did wasn't right. And I'm not saying it was right. But what I'm telling you is this. You, it, it is turning into this uncontrolled anger and even hatred. And that can happen. It happens all the time, in fact. In fact, Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, he continually speaking insane stuff talking about talking about um murder and anger being the same he continues down that thread jesus says in verse 43 you've heard the law says here he goes you've heard this but i say this you've heard the law says love your neighbor well of course that's easy but i say love your enemies i say pray for those who persecute you wow Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, and this, this, this wording is so interesting, that way you'll be acting as true children. Hmm. True children of the Father in heaven. So, Jesus, are you saying that there's false children? Well, that's exactly what he's saying. 
There's people that claim to be a follower of Jesus and, and, and God, you know, that they're sold out to God and they're not. Just look at the way that, look at the way they act. Look at the way they, they react. And Jesus says, this is how you know you're a true child. You're doing, I mean, love your enemies. Pray for those. So, so here's, what, here's what Jesus is really saying. So Jesus is love, right? You know that. God is love. Jesus is God in the flesh. So Jesus is love. Love and uncontrolled anger, it can't coexist. It can't. It cannot coexist. That is impossible. Even the word of God. So God got angry. So did Jesus. It was never unrighteous and it was never out of control. It was never sinful. It never was. But it was an emotion. And, and when they got mad, I mean, it came out in ways that were righteous. But even, even in a righteous anger, they were slow to go there. The, do you know that the, the word of God is authored by like 40, I don't know, over 40 people authored it. God authored it through people. He, he wrote through people like Paul and, and, and Moses and others. Seven of, the, seven of the writers of the word of God, they all say the same thing when it comes to anger. They say God is slow to anger. Seven different writers all write the same thing. God is trying to tell you something. He's even slow to his righteous anger. And he, but he's abounding in love. So he's slow to anger, but abounding in love. Uncontrolled anger certainly cannot coexist with love. It cannot do it. So, so what's the answer to all this? How can I move, pastor? You said God's going to show us how to move from the anger that can be out of control. I lose my temper. I hurt people when I don't want to hurt people. But I want to move to a posture of love like Jesus. I want to move to what it means to love like that. Well, you need to build a bridge. That's what you need to do. And the bridge that you need to build from anger to love, forgiveness. That's it. So what does that mean? What do you mean forgiveness? I mean, I'm mad at them. So it's twofold. You, you, you'll, need to ask, you'll need to ask for forgiveness. When you lash out and you lose your temper, you ask for forgiveness. And then you're also going to ask others. Um, well, they'll, they'll ask them to forgive you, and then you're going to forgive others. Even, even, even when they're wrong, you're going to forgive them. You're going <laughs> to... Jesus calls us to another level of love. Forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness is the bridge. And if you're, if you're like, I don't see how forgiveness fits in, I promise you it fits in. It always does. The, the key, the bridge to move from anger to love is forgiveness. And, and here's why I tell you that. How many times, and you don't need to answer this out loud, you don't need to raise your hand, but just answer the question in your heart. How many times have you gotten angry, lost it with somebody, and then went to them and like, oh, I'm sorry, I won't, you know, I won't do it again. I won't lose my temper like that again. I won't lash out like that again. I, 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 that will not happen again. And then it happens again, and it happens again, and it happens again. You know why? Because you haven't built that bridge. You have not built that bridge. You have not truly gone and, and, and really lived out the forgiveness in your life. If you do and you do it consistently, you will, you will go there much less. But here's the problem. When we, when, we, when we lash out like that, when we keep doing it again, here's what we've allowed God to do. We, not God, I shouldn't say that. We, here's what we've allowed the enemy to do. We've allowed the enemy to um, allow us to, how can I say it? You've allowed anger to take residence in your life. You've allowed anger the keys to your heart. So, so anger was never meant to be a resident, ever. Anger was meant to be a visitor, just, just passing through, kind of like in-laws, right? You can't stay. I mean, you can come, but you got to go, right? Anger's the same way. Anger in in-laws. I just made that up right now. So anyway, so I'm pretty proud of myself. So anger 
And, and so you've allowed it to take residence. You've given it the keys. And when you give something to keys, when you give someone the keys to your place, they'll come and they'll go as they please. Anger will come and it will go and you'll have no control over it. And some of you, that's where you find yourselves. It's so far down the road now, it's just in there. But, but there's hope. You, you, can, you can get rid of that. And, and so here's how you do it. You ever, and it can be awkward to break up with somebody, right? You ever, like you need to break up with anger. And, and how you do that is you gotta take the keys back. Like, you're, you're, you, there's a lot of funny stories that can go, go with this. You can just, anyway. So, but when you break up with somebody and you're like, I want my, I want my, I mean, I know I cheated on you for 18 months, but I want my blender back. I paid 150 bucks for that blender. I'm like, don't take them, just leave, just leave. It'll be better. So, but we try to get things back and we're going to make things right. And I, I got to tell you this, I, this is, <laughs> I, you ever witnessed somebody breaking up? Like, it's awkward. Like, like I lived with a, a roommate back in the day, and I'm watching, they're in the living room, and they're just a drop, they're fighting, they're breaking up, and I'm like, I'm just trying to watch TV kind of like this, you know, I, I, but I don't leave the room, I'm not that smart, I'll just sit right there and make it really uncomfortable, so I'm in the room, and they're, they're breaking up, and I'm just watching TV, and all of a sudden, the TV was the issue, because it was this woman's TV, and here, you know what she says at the end, she goes, I want my TV, <laughs> and the, the, my, my roommate says, well, you can take it. Now, understand something. Kids, TVs didn't always used to be real flat and portable. Like, this TV was the size of a Buick. And to get that out would take four people. And uh, so she's, and he ain't going to help her. He's like, you want the TV? Take it. And then she looks at me. I'm like, come on. I mean, I like your TV. I don't want it going anywhere. So I was, anyway, so we kept the TV. So it was great. It worked out for us. But the point is this. You, can, you, you, have, to, you have to kick anger to the curb. Like, you, you've, got to, you've got to take back the blender. You've got to take back the keys. You've got to take back the TV. You've got to kick anger to the curb. And the, and the only way to kick anger to the curb is to kill it at the root. And you know how you kill it at the root? I've already told you. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key. They don't deserve forgiveness. I know. I'll get to that in a second. It isn't about what they deserve. Jesus teaches that all the time. I never said any of this was going to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would be living in bliss and no one would be out of control. And It's not easy. But, it, but it's the way that you can be set free. Kill it at the root. Um, man, you're getting a lot of scripture today. I love it. You're getting some Old Testament Genesis. You're getting some Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. I'm giving you the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of books to churches. Ephesians is one of them. As he, as he wrote in Ephesians, again, he wrote about anger a lot. I gave you one earlier. Let me give you another one. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness. This is Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Instead, be, be kind and compassionate to one another. Well, how do we do it, Paul? And then he answers, forgive. Build the bridge. Forgive others like you've been forgiven. Forgive others like Christ forgave you. And, and I'll tell you this, maybe today, and, and I get this, and I'll give you a pass for a while because I've been given a pass sometimes too when I struggle with forgiveness. Maybe you can't forgive them today. But if you can't forgive them today, here's what I would say to do. Go back to what Jesus says. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray, I wrote down, pray for the person or people that you're angry with. Angry with. <laughs> yeah, I'll pray for them. I'll pray a bus hits them. No, no. You're not gonna pray that a bus hits them. You know what you're gonna pray specifically? that a blessing hits them. 
You're, I want you to pray that God will bless them. Oh my God. Pastor, I'd rather forgive them. Good, that's what I want to get you to anyway. Forgive them then. That's the ultimate goal. But if you can't forgive them, you pray that God will bless them. Whew. That's what Jesus said, and that's insane, but that's who Jesus is. He came to flip the script on the way that we live. Because the way that we live, let's, let, let's face it, we don't get it right many times. Jesus never got it wrong. So let's go back to how it all started today. It started with two brothers. One of them got really angry. It was, it was deflected anger, and it ended up being out of control, and it cost him everything. Cain's lineage was wiped out. Did you know that? Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve had, a, had a third son named Seth. From Seth's lineage, well, comes you and I. Because from Seth, there was a guy named Noah, and then the earth was all flooded, and the only ones that made it were Noah and his family. So Seth's, Seth's lineage, lineage lives on. Cain's anger. It, one, one moment of anger can ruin everything. It's crazy. How did it all start? Anger says, in Cain's case, you owe me. You owe me. Who owes you? Why do they owe you? When, when you start thinking that way, I mean, a lot of it comes from the past. I think there, there comes a point when we have to stop looking through the lens of past hurt. Because when you look through the lens of past hurt, all you will find is fault. That's all you're going to find. And the problem is, the, the, the people that are around you and closest to you, they're the ones paying the price for something that happened to you a long time ago. That's what's happening. Say it's time. It's time. It is time, and I've made this statement before, and I already told Bryce we got to get it on a t-shirt, but it's time for some of you to pull your head out of your past, right? You got to pull it out. You got to pull your head out of your past. That's what you got to do. It's time. If, if anger is poisoning your life, look up here. If anger is poisoning your life, it is time to ask God for the wisdom and the patience to help you, isn't it? You have to ask him. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to stop letting the past ruin your future. Why? Because today, God wants to make you more like himself. And that will only happen when you kick it to the curb. That's what you're going to do. We're going to forgive. The bridge we're building is forgiveness. And it isn't based on what they deserve or don't deserve. Because if you want to go down that road, we're in trouble. Let the hurt go and set yourself free. I know, I get it. It's easy to just stand up here and say it. It's, it's, it's more difficult to do. But that's why we need to be praying for each other and encouraging each other and walking with each other. And when you start to think that someone owes you, I want you to think about what was paid for you. I want you to think about what was done for you. I want you to think about what was forgiven for you. I want you to think about what was offered to you. When you start to think they don't deserve forgiveness, I'm not in the wrong, they are. Actually, when it comes to the world we live in, we're all in the wrong. That's what, that's what the word of God says. I wrote this down. I'm, I want to read it just like I wrote it. Anger. Anger turns to love when you realize you owe God everything. You owe God everything, and yet he gave up everything to give you the only thing that truly matters. Let that sink in for a second. Nobody owes me anything. In fact, I owe God everything. 
And this leads us to the cross, doesn't it? It always goes back to the cross. It always will. I, I, I think about that day. If you don't know the story, I mean, the Cain and Abel, what they did, that's our nature. Don't be like, oh, I can't believe Cain. No, that's our nature. Cain lived out his nature is what he did. Cain lived out his human nature. God gives you a new nature. But apart from God, your nature is Cain. That's who you are. Oh, I don't kill people. No, you maybe don't kill them physically. Just emotionally, mentally, maybe verbally. That's our nature. So, so God, because of that, God wanted to change our nature, and he knew we couldn't do it, so he sends Jesus, his son. And I think about Jesus paying the price that he paid. So Jesus, on this, on this hill of Calvary, he goes up on this hill, and they, 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 they crucify him. And I think of Jesus on the cross. And if anyone could be angry, <laughs> Jesus, all he did was the right things. And he's sitting there on a cross with nails in his hands and his feet. And here's what he's looking out at. See, what you need to understand is all you know is maybe the stories. The Bible doesn't even give you the whole story. Most of what's happened isn't in the Word of God. God just took a collection of everything that we need to help us live his way. But Jesus did a lot of miracles you'll never read about. And Jesus did a lot of amazing things that we've never heard about. So, so at the cross, people were there. And I don't know, who, like, but, but people, everybody was angry at Jesus. I mean, there were a few exceptions. John, his mom, that's probably about it. Everybody else was there egging it on, hating. I mean, it's, it's a level of hate that we've probably never seen in, this, in our world. So they're hating Jesus, cheering on a death, and Jesus hangs there. And I'm like, Jesus, aren't, shouldn't you be angry? Like, imagine Jesus looking out, and he's looking at the people. And he sees a woman. He's like, I remember you. I, I remember healing you. And then he looks at another person. He's like, sir, you're with your son. I remember your son. He was dead. I brought him back to life. Group of people over here. I remember, I remember the day that I asked you to sit down in the grass. Remember that? You were so hungry. I fed you. I remember. Well, Ma'am, I remember you and I. You were hurting so bad that day. I held you in my arms and we wept together all night. I remember. And now you look at me and you kill me. I should be angry. But because I'm love, I choose that. So how does Jesus choose love on the cross? Well, he built a bridge. You know how he did it? Here's what he said as he looked at every one of them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I will build a bridge from them to you, Father. And I will do it through forgiveness because that's the only way to build a bridge. And that's what he does. And Jesus, moments later, would die. Jesus dies on the cross. And that is a, it was a, it was a sad day for many people. But remember, what did Jesus come to do? He came to flip the script. That's what Jesus came to do. So Jesus dies hanging dead on a cross. And you're thinking, my God, this is it. This is the end of the story. No, no, no. Jesus came what? To flip the script. So this wasn't the end of the story. This was only the beginning. Why? You know why. 
Because three days later, Jesus Christ was no longer dead. But instead, he was alive. And the same power that brought him back to life is the power that can help you forgive when you don't think you can do it. He'll give you the power. He'll give you the strength. He'll give it to you. Take it. Don't live that way. You don't have to live another day with that anger. You don't have to. So here, here's the thing. Apart from Christ, you will live out Cain's legacy. No doubt. It, there is utter hopelessness and despair. That's what awaits you. But that's why Jesus came. So Jesus says, when you call on my name, ask me to come into you and, and ask me to what? Forgive you. The bridge is built. You believe in me. You've asked me to forgive. A bridge is built from you to the Father. That's why John 14, 6 says, there's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I am the bridge, there is none other. And oh, but there's thousands of religions. Yep, there are. And you can choose any of them. You know, you know the one I chose? I chose one that saved my life. That's the one I chose. I chose some one that brought me from death to life. That's the one I chose. And that's why I'll preach until the day that God kills me. I will continually preach that the only way is Jesus Christ. He is the bridge. Without him, it's over. There is no forgiveness. You won't be able to do it. Not, not, not authentically. You won't, you'll go back. You'll revert back. You'll lose it again and again, and you always will. And there's no hope. But with Jesus, this is, the, this is the way. Because when love goes from here to here, that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is love as well. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. When the Holy Spirit comes into you, love dwells in you. I'm not saying it's going to make it easier, but you're not alone. And he will give you the capability to forgive when it does not make sense to forgive. He'll give you the capability to love when the world says it doesn't make sense that you would love that person. That's your ex. They hurt you. They took you to court. They, they're dragging out this kid thing. They're, they're battling with you. Okay, you know what I need to do? Then I need to pray. I need to pray for them. Because that's what my king told me to do. And I don't get it, and I don't like it, but dang it, I want to live his way. Some of you, and by the way, watching online, uh, man, if you want the bridge to be built, type I choose Jesus in the comments right now. In the room, if you, if you keep going back and losing your temper, one of two things is happening. You're suppressing the Holy Spirit. You're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you. you you've taken back control. Or the Holy Spirit is not in you. Those are the only two options. If you keep losing it, those are the only two options. You're suppressing him, which means you're not allowing the Spirit to move, work in your life. Stop. Ask the Holy Spirit. Give him permission to start taking control of your life, and you start living his way. And for others, you just need to say, God, I want you in me. I want the bridge. Build a bridge. Build a bridge. Say build a bridge. Build a bridge. Build a bridge, God. I, I accept Christ. I believe that he's the Son of God. I believe he died. I believe he rose, and I want to forgive and I can't do it in and of myself. I need a power bigger than me. That power is Christ in you. That power is the Holy Spirit in you. And if that's you, you need to surrender everything. Because the moment you hold back anything, you'll go back to the well. You'll go back to the lineage of Cain and live that legacy. That's what you'll do. Surrender it all today. For some of you, that's going to mean falling at the foot of the prayer team right here or going in the prayer team after worship or uh, surrendering your life, marking the cards so we know and we can celebrate with you and walk with you and love you. Because it's not easy. That's just in the moment. But it's a daily surrender. Say daily. It's daily. Pick up your cross daily. And some of you, you walked in here so discouraged and you know who you are. And you walked in here disappointed. 
And some of you, you feel so defeated. But I came to tell somebody, God has plans for you. And those plans are good. Shout if you believe it. Give it. Put your hands together. Do you believe that his plans are good? They are. They're good. He loves you. I'm going to pray for you. Don't leave before the experience is done today. The song that we're going to lift up to our Lord today, in closing, <laughs> you'll want to stay, I think. Father, this is maybe one of the most challenging messages to hear, I think. It's easy to wrap people around us that say, you know what, yeah, do that to them. Yeah, they should never do that to you. Yeah, you don't deserve that. You know what we deserve, God? Death. That's what we deserve if we want to pull back the layers. But you, you, you sent a son, your son, to die to give us life. Okay, that's amazing. And if we, if we keep that in our mind, if we remember what you did for us, and now what you want to do through us, you will give us the power to do that we, what we can't do. God, there are people listening right now online in the room, and they're like, I can't. I can't forgive. They're wrong. And, and they might be. But that's why we're here today, because we don't want to live the same way anymore. It's not working too well for us. And we want a different way. And God, for the people that maybe today, they can't take that, they just can't. They're, they're praying. They need your power. Then, then you know what they're going to do? They're going to come pray with us. And we're going to pray that whoever they're mad at, whatever they're mad at, we're going to pray that you bless them. <laughs> we may not even mean it right away, but we're going to pray it. Father, for the people that are surrendering their life to the gospel, there's nothing more important. We can get up here and preach every weekend, but if, but if, if they never call on your name and totally surrender all of their life to you, it is worthless. It doesn't matter. God, continue to remind us that this, this world is not our home. Are we living in the end times? Yeah, I would say we are. Pretty much everybody in this room will be dead in less than probably, oh, well, for sure 100 years, I would say. So the world's going to end for us in less than 100 years. That's a guarantee. What will we do with the time that we have? I don't want to live in bondage anymore, and I don't think anybody here does either. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the opportunity to walk on a bridge that we actually get to help foster through forgiveness. There is an answer to anger, and that answer is to forgive. Not when we feel like it, not when it makes sense. You, choose, you, you tell us to do things when it doesn't make sense. That's why it's called flip the script. We don't live like the world lives. We live like the Father lives, and that's not easy, God. So I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for everybody right now, God, we need your strength. We need your power. We need every bit of you in this to help us take steps towards what you want us to do. Father, I pray people are filling out cards with prayer requests. Decisions are being made. Prayer team will be flooded in about five and a half to six minutes up here. Prayer room will be flooded. People will ask people to intercede and love them. And God's surrender, surrendering will be happening all over the place and all over the world for people that are engaged in the message that you're giving us today. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he did die. If he didn't, we could never live. And thank you that he didn't stay dead. Because of that, we know that the resurrection is real, and we know that our life is way beyond this world. Those are truths that we need to take with us today and love and embrace.
That's why we always say, God, the best is yet to come. Even if the worst happens in this world, the best is yet to come because this world was never our home in the first place. God, help us live like this world is not our home. Help us live for a world that is to come, your kingdom on earth and in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I want to ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.